if you watch the game, Rashford gets so many chances almost every game. But his finishing, I don't know what's up with it. His finishing has been pretty bad this season. Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Show. This is the Game Week 14 preview. My name is Siva and I'm joined by Sam. How's it going, Sam? I'm good. I'm good. Back to only audio this week. Back to our roots, I guess. We just didn't have time to prepare the materials for a video. So just audio this week and we'll be back with our YouTube video next week. Yes, but don't worry. The insight will not be any less, you know, you'll not find it any less wanting because Sam has come prepared today to talk about all of the main transfer targets, right? We've got three weeks left to the World Cup and we're really excited because, yeah, this week was a really bad week for most people in FPL unless you owned cat abuser, Kurt, well, alleged cat abuser, <laughs> so, uh, one for the lawyers, Kurt Zuma, or you own Danny Ward who has done a deal with the devil and is somehow keeping clean sheets despite conceding 30 shots a game. Otherwise, you probably had a bad week. I mean, even if you Captain Harlan, like Captain Harlan, and still didn't give me a green arrow. But we've got three weeks now, and I'm pretty excited. Like, you, you get to take these one-off punts, and you go for it, try and sort of max out your rank just before the World Cup. Everything's short-term now. So we had a lot of questions about midfielders, Sam. And I think that's because midfielders have really sucked the past few weeks. Nobody's getting any returns, right? Unless you were smart enough to start Andreas Pereira this week. You know, Zaha blanked, Salah blanked, Foden blanked, Saka blanked. So many people are blanking. And I guess that's why we're getting so many questions about midfielders. The main man, the guy that everybody wanted us to talk about, we have so many questions about him. Miguel Almiron, Sam. So <laughs> he's, he's the form guy. I think it's something like, what, five goals this month in October. He's looked amazing. I thought he was really good against Spurs. What do you think about Miguel Almiron? I like him. I think, you know, he did really well against Spurs. And I think that performance against Spurs kind of proved to everyone that, you know, it's not just a fluke. Although his form, yeah, maybe it's unsustainable. Five goals in his last five games. You can't expect that to continue. He is not Haaland. <laughs> but still, you know, if you watch uh, with the eye test, you see his positioning, the more shots he's taking, the, you know, the positions he's getting in. I think... Almiron could be the real deal. But anyway, as you mentioned earlier on in the pod, we only have three more weeks, right? Until the, the World Cup break. So as a three-week punt, Almiron's only 5.4, second highest midfielder in the game now, only behind De Bruyne. So yeah, I like it. I like Almiron. I think we're past the point where this is just like a flash in the pan. Like he's... The goals, I remember seeing the goal against Everton in midweek. And that was, I think, from 25 yards out, amazing strike. And I thought, I saw that goal and thought, okay, that's nice. But it, this is like not going to happen each week. But the goal against Spurs really impressed me because he wins that ball off the left back, off Sessegnon. He runs past Clement Longley and then he hits it past Loris from pretty near distance. Like that's the kind of stuff that you feel like you can replicate that more frequently. Now, my only... It's not a concern because, as you said, Almiron's 5.4. It's really cheap. You don't have a lot to lose here. I think the only thing that's sort of pushing me away is that I don't think the fixtures are as good as they could be. They're decent. So uh, Newcastle play Villa home 
Southampton away, Chelsea home. Now, Chelsea home in 16 is an okay fixture, not a great fixture. Potter seems to have gotten them. Defensively, at least, they look a bit more solid than when they were under Tuchel. Attacking-wise, they offer nothing, as far as I'm concerned with Chelsea, but defensively, they look solid. Southampton away, okay, yes, they held Arsenal. I don't think, I think there's more to do with Arsenal, just being tired, but it's it's not the easiest fixture, and he's playing on the right, so he's up against Roman Perot, who's pretty good. Uh, right now, he's in good form. And then Villa, two weeks ago, Villa was a great fixture, but they, they had to go sack Gerrard, unfortunately. And I I think that, you know, they look so much better against Bradford. So maybe these three fixtures aren't the best fixture. Like, if I look at teams that I want to target, Newcastle probably isn't in my top three teams. I hear you. I hear you. So it's more opportunity cost thing. Like, on its own, Almiron looks like a good pick, but there are better possibly better picks in, you know, for the next three fixtures. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Although for the price, I think it's a no contest. Like, I think for that price, I would even have him above Granit Xhaka, who I think Granit Xhaka has been really good and scored again this week. But I think Almiron is... Like, Granit Xhaka will have defensive responsibilities, especially against Chelsea, for example. When we play them in 15, I expect him to have to track back. But for Almiron, he's far more forward, I would think, in that sense, if you're comparing him one-to-one, he's the better pick. But I think if you compare him, you go up, right? Because we had questions here about Amron versus Saka versus Rashford versus Anthony. And I think as you go up, there are some questions to be asked. Yeah, yeah. Especially since we all probably have quite a lot of cash lying around. Unless you own Salah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get to Salah because I do own Salah. We'll get to Salah. All right. So I think we're great. Amron's a great pick. Maybe not the best midfield pick overall, but in that price point, definitely the standout. But let's talk about some other picks, right? Let's talk about Saka, because everyone wants an Arsenal midfielder or attacker this week, I think. They play Forest. Chelsea, 15, not ideal, but then they play Wolves. And Wolves coming off, you know, conceding four goals this week. Wolves have some serious issues. The fans have sort of turned against the ownership and the board. They don't look like they're going to get a manager before the World Cup. They've got their technical director sitting in the stands, helping the coach with the tactics. Like he's got a tactical whiteboard. There's a photo uh, on Twitter today and he's got like notes and stuff. And basically it's, so it's the under 23 coach. They're trying to do something. It didn't work at all. They got smashed by Leicester and no direction, both ends of the pitch. They've got a very old Diego Costa up front. Defense also looks really shaky. So I think Wolves in 16 is a really good fixture for Arsenal. Forrest, I still think is a good fixture, but... I'm a bit biased, right? I'm an Arsenal fan. So maybe you, Sam, unbiased view. What do you think about Saka? I think Saka is a great pick. Um, for us at home, as in Arsenal home. So, you know, and Arsenal has been really strong at home, I think. Have they even lost at home yet? No, right? No. The only two games they lost um, or dropped, the only two games they dropped point was against United away and then this week against Southampton. So at home, yeah, Saka's great. I would definitely put him near the top of my list, I think, of midfielders to bring in. Yeah, and I've thought a lot about Forrest's performance against Liverpool because I think that's what's... It's a combination of two things. I think people saw the Forrest game where they beat Liverpool. They saw Arsenal not beat Southampton and so they've decided maybe this fixture isn't so targetable. Maybe I can look past it. I think there are two things here. Yes, Arsenal were tied against Southampton. First 20 minutes, we dominated and then we just sort of tied out. I think that had a lot to do with the Europa League. We are recording on Wednesday. 
I would assume Arteta will have learned his lesson and he will rest Saka this time around. If he doesn't, then I guess that's something for you to take into account. But I think he will have learned from how Leggy, both Saka and just Arsenal in general, looked against Southampton. Leaving that aside, Forrest against Liverpool, it's one of those victories I feel that's very... It's in that circumstance, it's in the moment, right? They're at home, they've got the crowd, and they rode their luck a lot of times. Like, Liverpool had so many chances, especially from set pieces. Van Dijk could have scored two goals, Firmino should have scored. Salah was unmarked at a free kick, and like, he's in the six-yard box, he just didn't control the ball. I think Forrest were good value for the win, but I think they were fairly lucky enough to concede. And I think against Arsenal away... Arsenal have, you know, you've got Martinelli and Saka on all the set pieces. They're really good delivery. Arsenal work a lot on set piece delivery. So I expect Forrest to concede. And I think the way Forrest plays, they do this thing where they, they've switched to this four at the back. We're getting into tactics here, but, you know, bear with me. It's a four at the back and they sit really deep and they let a lot of shots in and sort of speculative efforts. But once one goes in, I think that tactic doesn't really hold. So I think... Rode their luck against uh, Liverpool. Definitely rode their luck against Brighton. Just Brighton can't finish. But I think Arsenal at home will get through. And that's why I think Sarkas is a really good pick. And then you get him for Wolves as well. You're not just getting him for this week. So I think you've got this fixture plus the Wolves fixture in 16. And then anything against Chelsea is a bonus. Yep. I completely agree. Um, I think the, the result against Liverpool was... All credit to Forrest, but it was more an indication of live, how bad Liverpool was. Um, so yeah, yeah, I still think Arsenal is a good fixture. So, Saka in for me. Yeah. Okay. Now let's move to some less uh, highly considered picks. Because we had a lot of questions here about United, I think, is the one that people are really interested in. Right? Rashford and Anthony. We had a question here. Who would you rather have, Rashford or Anthony? Now... Sam, you're the United fan here. I had some thoughts about their performance for Chelsea, but maybe you tell me first, who would you go for between Rashford and Anthony? As I understand, Marshall is still out. It's a really tough one, you know, because um, if you watch the game, Rashford gets so many chances almost every game, but his finishing, I don't know what's up with it. His finishing has been pretty bad this season, so... When you watch the game and you look at Rashford and the chances he get, you just think, okay, this next game could be it. This could be the game where he's finally scores two goals and hauls. But it's such a big risk, I think. Although, with only three fixtures um, left, you know, you could just take a punt on Rashford, hope that he banks it in finally in these next three games and then sell him after that or something like that. Longer term though, I do feel Anthony may be the better pick because he's a bit more clinical. Although United as a whole, I don't know, the past few games, they've just been really wasteful. Personally, as a United fan, I'm not going near the United attackers as tempting as it may be. I like their defense. I think defensively very solid. Although with Varane injured now, we'll have to see how that changes. But... um. Based on previous matches, right? It seems defense solid, attack bad. So personally, I'm not going near any of the United attackers. Yeah, it's not that they don't create chances because I watched the Chelsea game and I would say until Potter did that 35-minute sub, right? So Chelsea started off, didn't get into the game at all. Then Potter made a change. I think on 30 minutes, he took off Kukurea. He brought on Kovacic. And from then on, United didn't really dominate. It was From then on, it was just basically a stalemate until the pen. 
And the pen, obviously, McTominay was an idiot. Don't know why he had to do what he did. I, I think Casemiro has made the defense really good. Like, let's talk about United in general. I really think they're a much more solid unit. Like you say, Varane being out, maybe some issues, but Lindelof's, I think, a decent centre-back. And the system as a whole seems to work really well. Attacking-wise, they create chances. Like you say, they just don't finish. But they did finish it against Everton, right? The Everton game, they looked pretty decent. Ronaldo played and scored. Anthony scored. So I think these three fixtures aren't bad at all. I think Villa and Fulham looked like decent enough fixtures for United. It's just that they're away from home. And I don't know about you, Sam. The perception I get is that home advantage seems to be quite a big thing this season. Like it seems to play a big part in a lot of these tighter games. And then they play West Ham home. And West Ham are, I know the underlying stats, they are one of the more solid defensive teams in the league. So I'm just, yeah. yeah. So when we were talking about like comparing all these midfielders, like I'm not sure I would have the United guys even ahead of Newcastle, for example. You know, I'm not sure I would have Rashford ahead of Amaron. And I definitely wouldn't have him ahead of Saka. Yeah, completely agree. So yeah, not, not looking at the United players at the moment. Yeah, I think also just this week is a difficult one. I think West Ham is not the best place to start. Like, I, I probably look at it, definitely I think in 16, I think Fulham look like they are good for conceding a goal. And, you know, maybe Villa. But yeah, I just feel like this is not the week for United. Agreed, agreed. Defensively though, quite solid maybe. So Very solid. Quick pun on Dalo, I think. Four okay. yellows though. Would you not Four go for yellows, sure? Yeah. Um, maybe, but always the threat of Malaysia just suddenly coming in, right? Just like what happened to Malaysia, he was playing so well, and then one or two games he played badly, Shaw comes in. So there's, there's potential for rotation, for competition there, whereas on Dalo's side, no one else is going to come in for him, I guarantee you that. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Although I would be tempted to go Shaw, because I think Shaw's got better attacking threat. I've been watching... Okay, I'm not a United fan, so I, I feel... Maybe, oh, so I don't think I bring any sort of preconceptions. I, I'm just... I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm skeptical of you all just in general. But I thought Shaw looked pretty decent against Chelsea. I thought he had more attacking threat than Dalo. So I, I think with three games to go, you can't afford to take that risk. I don't see... He, he's not done anything to lose that spot. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. Moving on from United. Yeah, let's try and disagree about something here, right? Because we had <laughs> some more controversial picks, right? So we had questions about Alex Iwobi, who has become this assist machine. He's second for assists in the league behind Kevin De Bruyne. Would you believe it? James Madison, who managed to get a yellow card, missed the week that we all needed him. Back in this week, we've all sold him and he scores. Trossard. We had questions both about selling Trossard and keeping Trossard, which tells you how divided people are over him. And of course, we had questions about Foden and K KDB. Let's start off with the cheaper guys first. Madison, Trossard, Iwobi. Just pick one, Sam. I'll start with um, Madison, right? It's quite simple. They're playing City this week. <laughs> Don't bring him in this week. Um, after that though, Everton and West Ham, both away. But, you know, if you want a player with high ceiling, Madison is probably your best pick because he is as explosive as they come and as streaky as they come, I guess. And of course, World Cup, right? So he's got to make that final push. I, I know people don't like to talk about external factors like motivation and confidence and all that. How do you measure these things, right? It gets very People get very upset about this. It's just that guys don't like it. But I think James Madison, of anybody in England right now, he is the guy who, you know, people want him to make that squad and he wants to do it. And I think, yeah, 
and he, it doesn't matter. He just needs, like, he shoots from anywhere. He's on set pieces. He's really selfish. Like, he will, the team is built around him taking long shots. So I think, yeah, Madison definitely high upside, but not this week. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, um, Trossard. Trossard. I think Brighton, attacking-wise, have looked pretty bad. Up until that very first week, right? Where, where they scored three, I think. And then they went, how many games was it without a goal? So they scored three against Liverpool and then didn't score again until the City game. So they, they blanked in the, against Brentford. They blanked against Forest, where I think everybody expected something. Yeah, and then somehow and you, they scored against City. And I think if you watch back um, the goal Trossard scored, Edison should have saved that, I think. Like, I don't know, eight times out of ten, it wouldn't have been a goal in my opinion. So a bit lucky. And just as a whole, I, I don't really trust Brighton right now. So just sell for me. Plus, they're playing Chelsea, although they're at home and, you know, I don't know, some Potter grudge match going on or something. But you would think Potter would know how to nullify Brighton. So, yeah, I don't know. Trossard out for me. Oh, I... Yeah, so, I mean, we did have some questions about Trossard out. We also have questions about Trossard in. And I feel like, again, maybe this is me because I've not owned Trossard. I, I, I couldn't get on that bandwagon in the end. So maybe I don't have any sort of personal history with him. But I think, okay, this week I would avoid again. Uh, this is not the week to go in. But 15 and 16, he's got Wolves away. He's, I spoke about Wolves. I, I think Wolves are really bad right now. They are, the for me, the worst team in the division. So I think 15, Wolves, great fixture. And then 16, Villa at home. Decent enough, right? I, I don't see anything bad about Trossard. I think if you have and you want to hold, I would keep. And I think they've got a point to prove against Potter at home as well. Like Brighton are really, again, we're stepping outside stats and all that, but emotionally Brighton fans are really upset at Graham Potter because not only has he left, but he has taken everything. So like it's like there's been a divorce and he has taken the house, the keys, the car, the, the, the kids, the, the, do the dog, everything. He's taken all of the coaching stuff. And this week Chelsea came back and took like their director of football as well. So Brighton fans are really angry. They're going to boo Potter. There's going to be a proper atmosphere. So I think if you have Trossard, I, I see no harm in holding. I don't think you would get much better fixtures, I think, if you look at this three as a whole. And he's their main goal-scoring route, right? He scored again this week. So I think I would hold. I, I'm, not, I'm not with you, Sam. I think it depends on who you, else you have in your team, I guess. I feel there are a lot of players in this price point that has better point potential, I guess. Um, you know, Saka, Foden... This kind of guess. But if you already have all these guys and then you want to hold Trossard, yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah, and also bearing in mind... Trossard for Saka, Siva? Hmm. Well, I'm selling Zaha to get Saka. So maybe I am... That's my bias because I've owned Zaha and I'm really annoyed with him. Even though he's returned for me. So maybe that's my bias coming in. And the reason I'm selling Zaha... Some people will keep Zaha this week, but a lot of people own Zaha. And just to cover Zaha briefly, I think like I need to get rid of him for my own sanity because I watch Palace play and he's more likely to get a red card than to actually score at, the point, at this point, I feel. Very lucky not to get sent off against Everton. Like he got into a fight for no reason, picked up a yellow. And I just Palace have got some issues. They, they are playing with sort of one holding midfielder and that means all the other midfielders have to do more work. It just isn't working for me. He's playing out too wide. Okay, we sidestepped for a minute, but that's Zaha. Would I sell Trossard to get Saka? Okay, maybe. But I still think I would like I would look to do it another way because I think Trossard's got other benefits. Playing as Chelsea, he plays on the left flank, right? 
Chelsea don't have a right back right now. They're playing Aspie. And I thought, when we discussed United earlier and Shaw. Why I thought Shaw looked so good against Chelsea was because Aspie is not as mobile as Reese James. And Potter's searching around for solutions. He's tried Aspie there. Last night in the Champions League, I think he played Sterling and Pulisic as wingbacks. And it didn't look great either. So I feel like Trossard on the left flank can get some joy down that right flank. Long version, I would keep Trossard. Okay. All right. Our first disagreement. Wait. Interesting. I don't think people would expect Trossard to be the point of disagreement. Okay. So we had a question here about getting, selling Salah to get in KDB or Foden. Wait, hang on, Siva. I think there's one more about Iwobi. What are your thoughts on Iwobi? Oh, you know, Arsenal legend, Alex Iwobi. I'm really happy that Alex Iwobi has found like his niche because it didn't work for him at Arsenal. And for years and years, I thought we have somehow, like we have done the heist of the century. How have we convinced? I think Everton paid 40 million for him and it made no sense. It's finally starting to work for him. He's playing in sentiment role. He's found this way where he's linking up stuff. I think Iwobi is perfectly fine for the price. Not going to be explosive. So I guess he's not a sexy pick, right? You don't see him scoring lots of goals. Although the goal against United, pretty well taken. And actually his fixtures, if we're talking about all these mids, Everton's fixtures, pretty good. Fulham away, Leicester home, Bournemouth away. Okay, Bournemouth away, not as easy as it once used to be. That's probably looking for a low scoring draw. I think Fulham and Leicester, not bad at all. I think, yeah, if you're shopping at that price point, and you already have Almiron, let's say, it will be perfectly fine. Okay, yeah. I do like their fixtures though, although, I don't know if I'm jumping here, I feel if you want to target Everton's fixtures, a sneaky differential would be DCL. Yes. Yeah, who's finally back um, and got a goal last weekend. So good goal. looked sharp. Yeah, good goal. And yeah. like you said, fixtures look good. He's 7.9, so he's a tricky price point, but that's a good thing because it means if you get him in, a lot of people can't get to, like, like I can't get to an 8 million forward at this point. Okay, enough about Everton. Let's move on to Salah. Yeah, so let's talk about Salah, right? Okay, so we are recording pre-Champions League, so I'm sure once the Champions League game has ended, all of our thoughts will be completely different, but let's give you the pre-Champions League version. Salah, I own Salah, Sam owns Firmino. So Sam, I think he was smarter because I, honestly, I wish I'd just followed you because although Firmino and Salah are not done, doing anything at the moment, at least Firmino is cheaper. But we had some questions about whether you'd sell Salah, maybe go to KDB, maybe just downsize entirely, maybe move money and get Kane instead. You, Sam, you're unbiased because you don't own him. So why don't you tell me why I should sell Salah? Because he's the most expensive player in the game, but he's doing... <laughs> and I think as a whole... Right, Liverpool is just too many injuries right now, especially attacking-wise. And, you know, as good as a player you are, you still need a team behind you. Um, with Diaz injured and then Darwin, although Darwin may be back this week. Um, but even then, Darwin's a striker. Yes, they might play him on the wing just because he used to play there. But, you know, he has a striker's instinct. Salah, I don't just the whole team chemistry is not really working, right? And they're depending so much on the young guys, on Javi Elliott, on Fabio Cavallo. Yeah, so and maybe it's too big a jump for them. Everything, I don't know. I, I just think Liverpool at the moment, I wouldn't really go near any of their assets. I know the fixtures are tempting though. 
um, leads at home this week. So I think if you have Salah, you might as well hold him this week, right? Unless you really need cash to move somewhere else. But, you know, you might as well hold him this week and then next week away against Spurs. If they play really badly against Leeds, then sell it. Sell him next week. Yeah, actually, I agree with you completely. I think Liverpool have looked awful. I think all of the attacking assets have question marks because, yes, Darwin's coming back, but they've also lost... Diogo Jota, since we last looked at Liverpool assets, right? They lost Jota against uh, City and they lost Diaz before that. So, so many changes in the front line. They're still working out, you know, whatever the fifth version of the solution that they still haven't found to all their problems. It There's a lot of issues. I think very much I wouldn't go in right now, but Leeds is a, as good a fixture as you can get right now. I mentioned Wolves are probably the team to target. Leeds aren't far off. The fans want Marsh to be sacked. They've looked really open in these, you know, in all their recent games. They haven't won since the Chelsea game leads. You remember that big victory they had that over two chill? Game three. Game yeah. Three. Yeah. They have not won since then. And that's got to be hurting the confidence. Yeah, their stats look fine. And a lot of stat people will tell you that everything is fine at Leeds. But the point is they're in the relegation zone right now. They're on a bad run of form. A lot of question marks there. So I think yeah, you just hold Salah. I have... Very little expectations of him this week. But I think at home, against a team that's struggling, you can wait one more week. I think Spurs next week, if you want to sell, it would be the time that you consider selling. Agreed. That being said, would you sell them to get a City asset if you don't have Triple City? Depends on the rest of the team. But if selling Salah is the only way, I would do it actually. Um, although I'm worried because Phil Foden played 80 minutes, I think, in the Champions League, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. He'll probably play this week, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably start, hopefully. Well, they've qualified and they've confirmed top of their group. In fact, their group is done. So I would hope so, but no guarantees. But KDB definitely starts because KDB was rested. Yeah, so... Oh, you mean moving Salah to KDB? Yeah, I, I would do it. Um, if like, you know, since he was rested, 100% starting this week. Yeah, I'd be tempted to make that move because I think City, we spoke about all these teams with good fixtures, but bottom line, City have really good fixtures. I think two of them are at home and they have, I mean, they're the best team in the country, Banan. So, yeah, I mean, to be fair, every fixture is a good fixture for City, I think. They've kind of reached that level right now. Yeah. I think if you can get KDB also, it's a really decent differential because a lot of people like me have locked into this Cancelo, Foden, Haaland structure. And I don't feel like it's worth two transfers for me to fix that. But if you can get to KDB, you know, without breaking up the three, that's really good. Yep. Yeah. Let's move into, I think, you want to talk about captaincy, Sam? We, I think we have to kind of address captaincy this week. Um, if Haaland is fit, Captain Haaland. If we somehow receive confirmation that he is not going to play this week, then things are getting spicy, right? Yeah. And City played the first fixture, by the way. But that does not mean you will get early team news because in my experience, Man City is one of those few teams that doesn't really leak, unlike a Liverpool or a Leicester. So actually, I'm concerned that you may not get an answer. Although, I don't think... Like, if Haaland's not fit, I don't expect him to be on the bench and then come on. Could look like an idiot at the end of this, but I, I don't see a reason for Pep to bring him on if he's not fit. 
Yeah. Although, to be fair, Pep said he played him despite having a fever against Dortmund. But I think the Dortmund game, they needed a result very badly and they probably needed him more than they needed. You know, they'll need him against Leicester. So I think if he is fit, he will start. Parking that aside, yeah. So who's your alternative captain, Sam? Would yours be Salah? <sighs> Mine would be Saka, by the way, I think. Looking at my team right now, uh, it will be between Firmino and Saka. Both good fixtures and both um, relative differentials. Firmino, definitely. Saka, maybe a bit less. But I think a lot of people sold him and I'm not sure if everyone... Um, I know you are probably trying to get him back this week, but I'm not sure if everyone will be able to. So a relative differential, I guess. Yeah, Saka's ownership is pretty low. I think it's around 20% or something like that. Obviously, Firmino will probably be lower to answer your question, though, okay, Salah's the popular alternative captain, clearly amongst owners. And I think the fact that it's Leeds and it's a home fixture gives people a bit more confidence. I'm still not sold. I'm happy to keep him, but as a captain, and again, could age very badly, but he's not shown me anything that to make me want him, you know, to be my captain this week. Like, I've not seen enough from him to justify giving him the armband. And I think Forrest is a better fixture. And I think Arsenal is a better team. People don't have that mindset yet. But I think based on everything we've seen so far, we're in game week 14 now. Arsenal are a better team right now than Liverpool. So I would trust Saka. And on pens, I feel like there's enough upside with Saka. And I think it's just a psychological thing. It's a price point thing. You've got the 12 million guy, you've got the 8 million guy. So I've got to captain the 12 million guy. The 12 million guy has three goals all season. He's got, you know, and that's part of the reason why people still cap him, even though Haaland's got good fixtures some weeks. People cap him because they think of Salah of the old and they think of that price point. But actually, he's got less goals than Almiron and, you know, who else? So I just think, yeah, he's not, I will hold him this week, but I think captaincy for me would be Saka. Would you captain another City player? Um, Phil Foden or KDB? It's tough. I think for me... It's probably not an option because my other two City players are Cancelo and Foden. I don't think I captain Cancelo because I'm not confident City keep a clean sheet. They feel a lot sloppier this season with clean sheets. Like they feel more likely to concede a random goal somewhere and Leicester, right? So they've got all these midfielders who can score from nothing. Foden, I think we've got minutes doubt, right? We're not sure he starts. We're not sure he plays for the full 90. Pep's kind of weird. Like, I didn't understand why he was bench free Brighton. They looked better once he was on. So, no. I think when I captain a guy, I kind of want to know that he's going to play from the start. And I would like to know that he has a chance of playing 90. And I think I would have that with Sakai. The more minutes you are on the pitch, the more likely you can get something. Even if your team is playing, you know, not at its best. So, I think Saka's always a 90-minute guy for Arsenal. Arteta's spoken about how he wants him to be that 90-minute guy. So, I think... Yeah, boring answer, but I'd stick with Saka. What about Kane? I'm sure a lot of people are considering captaining Kane, right? I don't own Kane, but I'm sure people on Twitter are talking about it. Yeah, so some people are talking about switching to Kane and getting him in. I wouldn't sell Haaland, so leaving, unless it's a long-term injury. But if you have Kane, yeah, definitely if you have him, he just finds a way to score these goals. They're not impressive. Spurs play awful football. I can't bear to watch them sometimes. It's really bad. Like, they just sit back. They, they just, they're a set-piece, long-ball team. Sorry, I'm ranting here. I really just do not like watching Spurs this season. I don't know what Conte is doing. The fans don't like it either. They turned on them 
you know, after the Newcastle result, they're third in the league and the fans are not happy because the style of football is so depressing. But if you can park your eye test aside, Kane is returning. He's got 10 goals this season. He's had his highest return ever at this stage of the season. So it's working. So yeah, I think Kane's a perfectly fine. Like if you had him, no brainer, stick the armband on him. Safe, you can expect probably one goal and bonus. Probably a pen in like the 80th minute or some weird corner where the ball like hits his hip and goes in or something like that. Yeah, and Bournemouth might be missing their keeper, right? Uh, Neto, I think, picked up an injury against West Ham. So they might have to play Travers. And Neto has been really good for them. He came from Barcelona. He's making all sorts of saves. So I think Travis has got much lower stats as well. So I think, yeah, definitely worth a shot. Kane, yes. Sun, no. I like. I don't know what's going wrong with Sun, but I, I'm not going anywhere near Sun. Yeah, I made that mistake. <laughs> All right. So that's it for today, I think. Yeah, we, we covered everything we wanted to cover. Is there anything else, you know, leaving aside? We covered mids, we covered strikers a bit. Budget strikers, we didn't talk about. But if you are looking like I own Solanke... And I kind of am resigned to the fact that he's probably not coming back because he left the stadium in crutches and stuff. Skamaka for me is like the obvious replacement. If you can wait one week, I would just get Skamaka next week because West Ham have two really good fixtures to finish after they play United this week. Yeah, Palace and Leicester both at home. Very tempting. We mentioned that the top seven, but maybe it's just me and my perception, but I think home fixtures do seem to make a really big difference this year. I agree, I agree. It really does, I think. Although there are some exceptions. Newcastle obviously was an exception. If you need, we didn't talk about defenders at all, right? But let's just, for people who need a defender transfer in this week, if you don't, like, if you don't have Trippier, no brainer, get Trippier because bonus machine and onset pieces, all the good stuff that you want and his ownership is ridiculous. But if you don't have him, just get another Newcastle defender for me. Like get, get Shah, get Botman. Shah, I think. Um, that would be my other... But honestly, all the other Newcastle defenders, they kind of rotate a little bit because they have like three good centre-backs. I mean, that was happening early in the season. I think I remember when people, there was a week where everybody bought Botman in and then he got benched. But I think now you're kind of safer. He sort of settled into a more uh, fixed rhythm of playing uh, Shah, Botman and Dan Burn as a left-back. For some reason, he really likes, Eddie Howe really likes Dan Burn as a left-back and he's Drop because target a great left back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but you know what I mean. At any point, because I don't know they're tired or whatever, target comes in, burn moves in, Portman rests one game. You know, you, you know what I mean. The the risk is there, I guess. Although with their form, I don't see Eddie Howe changing it, um, barring any injuries. So yeah, yeah, definitely Newcastle defense. Um, and three relatively good fixtures, I think. Villa at home, then Southampton away, and then finally Chelsea at home, in which you could see them keeping a clean sheet. After all, they've been they've been doing it against all the other big teams. They have. I was really impressed with the performance we Spurs. Like, no fear, took the game to them. Newcastle aside, we talked about Shaw. I think Shaw is a pretty good pick, or Dallow if you already have him. Arsenal defense, I guess, would be the other team, right? Forrest conceded so many chances from set pieces. You could go for Gabriel this week. I think you might get something. I think Ben White, who remarkably is still 4.5. Um, everyone was worried because they thought Tomiyasu would take his spot. Well, surprise, surprise, Tomiyasu took the left-back spot. So, you know, and he's been, at first, he was kind of like, okay, you know, he's a centre-back playing out wide. He's not getting forward. But 
now it seems that he is. You know, he's putting in crosses. He's, he's being a proper, you know, wing back. So I do like Van White. 4.5. Yeah, I really like it. And I although he kind of contributed to the goal we considered against Southampton, it was kind of his fault. I mean, he was partially to blame, but it was a whole team error. But he was one of the guys who made a mistake. But yeah, he got the assist for Xhaka's goal. He's playing, like you say, like a proper fullback, gets down the line, makes those crosses. I think Ateta's really stubbornly loyal to certain people and he's always loved Ben White. So, I mean, he's forced him into this right-back role just so he could find a spot for him. I think, yeah, he keeps his place. 4.5, really good value. And I honestly think Forrest and Wolves, I'm going to say it now, banker clean sheets for Arsenal. Like, they're not going to concede there. The only game I worry about is Chelsea. The only problem though, unless your your team is perfect, right? But defenders generally have a lower ceiling. So if you're upside chasing um, in these next three weeks, perhaps, you know, it's better to spend your transfers on a midfielder or a striker, a forward who, you know, has um, better haul potential, I guess, in these next three weeks. That's true. Yeah. And as much as I would like to think that Gabriel scores a bullet header this week, those are really hard to both predict and also for that to happen. Like the header could be by Partey or Saliba, for instance. You could get just really unlucky there. So yeah, definitely agree with you. Lower upside. You're not dealing with a guy like maybe Trent, you know, who will take a lot of shots. But then Lupo can't keep clean sheets, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, all the high upside defenders are gone. Um, Trent, Robertson, Rhys James, Perisic. Also, it's a, you know, it's, a, it's always a 50-50 every week, right? You don't know if he's going to start or not. I bench pressed yeah. this week. Like I knew, I I, I felt it. Um, he wasn't going to start and he didn't start. But it's, yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere near. Like I made the mistake. Don't, don't be me, right? We spoke about this a few weeks ago. The only people who want to own Perisic don't own him right now. Just, just stay away. All right. Are we done? Yeah, I think very good. We've covered everything we want to do. So we will see you before game week 15. Just two more to go. In the meantime. And you will see us too because um, we'll have video for that one. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 we will. All right. Um, yeah, get those green arrows, guys. Hopefully, lots of green arrows going around this week and the next um, next three game weeks before the World Cup. Yep. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Oh, this is the thing.